The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome to another edition of Free Kicks. This is our first one this year where we're not uh, live somewhere fancy. Uh, just back <laughs> in our little uh, hovels doing the show once again. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. Doing great. Live from Arlington Heights today or Schaumburg? No, no, no I'm in Schaumburg at home today. Okay. Uh, Martin Luther King Day gave us the day off, although I'm doing a little ODP coaching later on in the afternoon here in Schaumburg. So uh, just catching up on stuff at home. Oh, I just dropped off my son over at your offices there for the referee clinic. <laughs> so. That's right. Yes, there's going to be 60, uh, 60 willing referees ready to go. It's going to be a packed house. So that should be fun. Um, let's, uh, you know, did you get a chance to watch any games this weekend? I know you're in ODP season. Yeah, I did. I was able to catch a few in and out a little bit, but uh, was able to watch, obviously, the Chelsea game and uh, a few of the other ones as well. Okay, well, let's play the audio and then let's uh, launch right into that. Hang on, here we go. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? The primary focus of this show is our mutual love of the uh, Premier League. And uh, a couple of London derbies this weekend, right? Is that how we yeah. call them? That's so, right. Yes. Explain to me, um, Arsenal, Chelsea. There, which parts of London are they from? Are they the longtime rivals? Obviously, but not. They're not super duper rivals. Right. Yeah. I mean, anytime. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's a London derby. So you have got the West London Chelsea against North London Arsenal. Anytime any teams from London play against each other, it's always, you know, cutthroat, blood battle type of a game. And that's right. definitely what we saw this weekend as well. And this was a special significance this time because uh, Chelsea's in fourth place, Arsenal's in fifth. Um, if if Chelsea had won that game, they would have opened up a substantial lead over Arsenal. And it might have been very difficult for Arsenal to uh, climb that mountain. But Chelsea did not win. No, I know. Yeah, they. It, it, it was a, it was an interesting game, like you said. You know, it could have turned into like they call these six pointer games, where if one team wins, they could go six points ahead, whatever it may be. But what ended up happening with the Arsenal victory, they ended up catching up. So now they're only three points behind, and they got Man United breathing down as well. Uh, Chelsea's next, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a race to the finish here with those three teams for fourth spot. And I think it's safe to say that Chelsea is not playing at their best, right? now no that was a really disappointing performance uh the manager after the game came out and, and <laughs> said some things in italian that probably are not going to be good in the long term that's for sure i thought that was very interesting I, did you see him i didn't see him I, I i saw bits and pieces of it um oh because he had like heard... he was like he had steam coming out of his ears he sat yeah. down and he said um, I want to say something about my team, but I'm afraid that if I say it in English, I won't be using the words correctly. So I'm going to say it in Italian, and I want it to be translated, but these are very important words. And basically yeah. what he said was, um, this group of players is extremely difficult to motivate. Yeah, and this is this is a tough one because any time a manager comes out and says those types of things – 
it's not good. It's not good, especially for the morale of the team. And think about yourself as a player. If you're a player and you hear your manager saying this after a game, what are you supposed to think? Yeah. Um, so I, I really don't know. And in fact, I was I had actually breakfast with a couple of friends today who were in town, and uh, they said to me, "How long Sari got?" I said, "That's a good question <laughs> because I think uh, it's." Not looking good. I mean, you know, I think you saw that with Mourinho. You see that with other managers when they start complaining about players. They lose what we call the locker room, the changing room, yeah. and then things start to go from bad to worse. So, but, they didn't play but well. in fairness to him, they were horrible. Uh, exactly. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But that being said... You know, you you say, hey, we weren't good enough today, whatever it is, and you do that in the locker room without going out on, you know, saying this to the media. That's what's got to be said. I see what and, you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and, and so now people, you know, everybody's questioning what's going on, Every, you know, all of these things. It could have been as simple as we were not good enough, they're going to feel it this week in practice, and I think everybody would have understood that, you yeah. know, but... Now, with now, there's going to be a little bit more uh, intrigue, more speculation. All th- types of things are going to kind of come up because of what he said. Wow. Okay. Well, there's always drama at Chelsea. That is one. <laughs> that is one common denominator. Always I know. drama. Absolutely. Yeah. A few notes about Arsenal uh, because I thought that that first half, especially, they played really well. I, I was very impressed by them, and yeah. I love the two man uh, up front. Because uh, the, uh, the, they were worried about how to, they had two strikers. They were worried about how to incorporate those guys into the lineup, and they just put them both out there, and it's working. Yeah, yeah, both Aubameyang and Lacazette were very good. I think they caused Chelsea all kinds of problems, and uh, you know, and obviously I'm seeing it from the the Chelsea lens here. Right. I mean, I I knew in the first couple of minutes we were in trouble the way they started. Uh, David Luiz decided to pass the ball at the top of the box to nobody. And, and you know, he had another like, one of a... his days, didn't he? He did. He was just like, he's either great or awful. There's no one, there's no two things. But not to, you know, not to discredit Arsenal. I thought their forwards very good. I thought they just came out the fire and the energy you could tell. And it, it was one of those situations where you could see that they just wanted it more. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. Obama Young had a, a, a bicycle kick that just narrowly missed. And yeah. then Arsenal wins it on a shoulder goal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bounced off the guy's shoulder and went in. But, you yeah, know, com- a win's a win. Yeah. No, they, they deserved it. Complete credit to Arsenal. They were the better team. I mean, Chelsea, at the start of the second half, started to, you know, do a couple of things. But then they just kind of fell down with a bit of a whimper, to be fair. And uh, Arsenal were definitely worthy of the victory. And this is the time of the year when uh, injuries start piling up. And Arsenal had a big one with uh, Bellerin going down. And he had to be carried off the field. That looked bad. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there was really anybody around him either. No, yes, uh, exactly. So so it was kind of one of those ones where he kind of pivoted wrong. And I've seen those before. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. I haven't seen any updates yet as to what happened. uh, But... You know, hopefully he'll be able to come back uh, sooner rather than later. So speaking of injuries, let's talk about Tottenham. The other London derby uh, mm-hmm. was Tottenham against Fulham. Again, not exactly, uh, you know, they're, they're rivals, but not super-duper rivals, right? Right. 
Uh, But I got to say, that was a fierce game. Yeah, they got after it. Both teams really got after it. I thought Fulham were very good. I thought they really worked hard, uh, you know, and they held held them for a long time. They had the the one nil uh, lead from the beginning. Uh, Were pretty good overall, uh, even though Tottenham probably had a bit more possession. Then Tottenham second half kind of turned up the gear a little bit, and uh, and then what a way to finish, you know. know. Really, what a way to to lose the game. I've I've been there. I've been in those types of situations, and it's a tough one because you know the players put everything out there, and then they lose in the last minute. They do look like a different team under Claudio, don't they? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got them going. Um, I think he's been a good, good addition in terms of giving them a little bit of motivation. You know, they're still five points away from safety. You know, they've still right. got quite a bit, quite that's, a bit away. And that's a lot. Five yeah. points is a lot. Yeah, especially when you're down there, and every victory is is tough to get. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, they got they got themselves they got a little bit of a mountain to climb, um, but they're playing better. At least they're in games. They're giving themselves a chance. Still, you know, 15 games left. Hopefully they can make a little bit of a charge here this second half of the season. But that was a, it was just a heartbreaker because it was in the uh, the last last seconds of the game. It was Harry Winks coming down the side. By the way, Harry Winks, the most English-sounding name of all time. <laughs> Harry yeah. Winks. He goes in there. He scores the goal. He hasn't scored in two years. Uh, yeah. Delhi is out, and... Kane is out. The Sun is in Asia. The Spurs right. are, you know, uh, are are struggling to score, and yet somehow you got to give them credit. They came through and won that game. Yeah, they they did. They found a way to win, and the irony of, of their all their strikers that they've got out with Sun and Kane, the, their striker did score in the first half. But it was in the wrong net. That's true. Uh, <laughs> That's true. So you know, Lorente scores, <laughs> but it's an own goal. So that was the kind of the irony of it. But give them credit, like you said, they came back, got the second goal that they needed in injury time. You could tell how much it meant to them, and obviously Claudio was just so disappointed when that goal went in. And there but, was yeah, a, there was a go. camera angle on the sideline that captured uh, Claudio's. Uh, anguish at the exact same time it captured the Tottenham coaches uh, excitement it was just a great camera angle Um, but for me that the thing I loved most about that game there was a struggle there between the striker Mitrovic from uh, Fulham and the Spurs center back Sanchez the two of them were going at it all day and it was fierce I mean they were Tearing each other down, knocking each other down, kicking each other from behind, grabbing, pulling, yanking. And uh, I think they both got yellow cards. Um, and both of them could have gotten a second yellow card very easily. Uh, yeah. It's just fun to watch when, a, you know, like a big-time striker. And he is a big-time striker, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, he's been banging goals in. He's done really well. I think they were a little worried about know he did so well last year in the championship if he would maybe able to adjust going into the premiership he's been pretty consistent yeah uh, he's been doing well scoring some goals for him uh he's definitely a good striker he's definitely a a number nine that you know most teams would like certainly chelsea would like a number nine like yeah Yeah, (laughs) you know at least somebody who can hold the ball up and do some things but yeah he, he was good i mean he's been good for them and uh 
You know, I, I've always liked Fulham. I like the way they play, even though they're a big, fierce rival for Chelsea. I'm hoping that they can uh, get on a bit of a run here. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now, I think the most interesting battle this year, the the, the, the there's the the title chase, which is, yeah. you know, interesting. And then there's the relegation battle, which is interesting. But both of them are, there's a little separation there. To me right now, the most interesting battle is the battle for fourth place. And it could go any way because Man U is on a roll. They've won six games in a row in the league. Arsenal's playing well. Chelsea is not. Tottenham is is injured. You know, I think it could go any way. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Each team, it's like ebbs and flows. You know, each team is doing well at times. Like you said, you know, Man United after being down in the doldrums there with Mourinho, but now all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, they got him. They got him going and uh, winning all those games in a row. They're finding ways to win. And now Chelsea, who knows what's going to happen? You know, they've got some locker room issues now after Sarri's comments. And then right. Arsenal again—they've been up and down. One week they're great, the next week they look like they never played the game. Before. That's a that's a great point. That's you a great know? point. So the consistency, and obviously Tottenham has been pretty consistent, but they're dealing with some major injury issues. But like you said, I think that's going to be a great challenge for all of those teams. You know towards the end of the season and then you've got really Liverpool Man City on a different level. Yeah, right, exactly. And and we'll talk about those guys next week cuz uh yeah. There's really not that much to talk about this week. Um but I do want to uh have you explain a few things, so let's get to that. Yep. And now explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay. Um, I ask you this every time, but I'm going to keep asking you this because I, I know that our American fans of uh, of soccer have a hard time grasping this whole transfer window concept. And yeah. it happens in January. It's the whole month of January. Yep, yep. I think it ends the January 31st, yep. And so the, the concept is this is uh, there's only one month in a year where you can bring in new players to your team. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, well, actually, two windows. There's two windows. It's uh, the August window, uh, which is right before the start of the season, um, and then also uh, the January window. So these are the two times when players can be transferred in. And then they have this deadline, which will be the end of January here, and then obviously the first part of September, end of August. That's when teams can bring players in. So then that way they're not bringing players in willy-nilly during the course of the season. So that way there's a little bit of consistency. Okay. And this year it's been kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, Chelsea is is uh, bringing in – uh, Christian Pulisic, which is a big deal, but that's not till next season, correct? Cor- correct, yes. Yeah. So he won't be coming in. They've they've signed him like in a sixty million uh, pound deal. He's going to end up staying with Dortmund through the end of the season. So they've loaned him back out. Uh, so obviously they don't necessarily need him. Uh, the big one that Chelsea's going after, we talked about a number nine, is Gonzalo Higuain, who is currently on uh, loan at AC Milan, but now he's waiting a uh, kind of clearance in terms of maybe potentially going over to Chelsea. I think they're looking at like a 31 million type of a deal potentially. So so we'll see. Uh, he's uh, Argentinian, to- correct? He, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and uh, been been a very prolific goal scorer. Kind of jumped around uh, most of the Italian clubs uh, the last few years. Uh, but it looks like he's on a. From what I hear, he's on a plane 
and uh, he's coming over right now, and he could be playing in the uh, League Cup uh, games next this next week against Spurs. Well, that, so that would be huge. Be, that would be a big one. And then on the flip side, it looks like it looks like Chelsea's doing a lot of business. They're probably going to get rid of Morata. Looks like he's going to be going back to <laughs> Atletico Madrid. Isn't he gone uh, already? Hasn't he yeah, been gone I, since the very beginning? Exactly, physically and mentally, he doesn't seem to be right there. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's going to be going. So they're going to offload him. It looks like, um, and uh, you know, he cost seventy-five million. That's the crazy thing. He was a seventy-five million pound striker. I think Chelsea really- should stop signing guys from the Spanish league. That's uh, <laughs> they haven't had a good track record with that. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's been it's been crazy with the players that they've kind of brought in. Uh, obviously, they had Diego Costa, which I thought was a great player. Well, that's true. That's true. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about his antics on and off the field. So yeah, you know, that's that was a dynamic. I'm sure was probably tough for for managers and players to deal with. But he's been been successful. But. Chelsea needs that number nine. They'll get them. Certainly, I don't want to make this all about Chelsea, although it's, it seems like that's what I'm talking about. But they're going to be very busy. Um, and uh, I'm sure some of the lower-level teams are still looking at players to try and see if they can get them over the line. But it's amazing. The transfer window, it normally comes down to that last week, those last few hours. That's when all those players come in. So it's kind of an exciting time, like the transfer deadline. They'll kind of do a little bit of a countdown, and you'll find out when players go to different teams. And it seems like player or teams are all looking for the same thing. They're all looking for that number nine goal scorer, or yep. they're looking for a center back. Um, those are the two things. You, yeah. want, you need one or the other, and those are in short supply. That's right. That's right. I mean, everybody needs a goal scorer, someone who can put it back in the back of the net, and then they need someone who can help kind of uh, relieve some stress from that defensive problems that they may be having especially those teams in the bottom but yeah like you said those are the tough ones to find strikers cost too much money and there's just not enough good center backs right that's normally how it works so uh one of the things i love about the premier league is uh, the turn of a phrase of the uh the british announcers and there was another great one during the uh, tottenham game which I, I wanted to share with you uh, uh erickson from tottenham made a great pass and he is he is a special player, by the way. Yeah. Um, D- Danish, correct? Correct. Yes. Correct. He made a beautiful pass that uh, uh, Deli Ali put in the net. Um, but uh, the the announcer said, another potion from Erickson's magic boot. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. That's brilliant. I, I would love the uh, American announcers to start uh, bringing in some of these phrases. I'm watching the, I watched the football game last night. There was nothing like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, another potion from Tom Brady's arm. Doesn't yes, really exactly. Come on. Doesn't, really, doesn't sound the same, does it? Doesn't well, it would same. if they used it regularly. They should start putting it in. That's my That's my plead to exactly. them totally agree although to be fair you know going off tony romo i think has done a fantastic job as the commentator so yeah he actually is he's good he's good yeah yeah but he will never say anything like that <laughs> no definitely not definitely not even though he did graduate from eastern illinois so there you go oh that's right you have that in common don't you yeah Okay, so every week now we've been doing quizzes, and we've only got, I think, four or five clubs left that we have not uh, quizzed you on. And this week we're going to go near the top of the table and do Man City, which is one of the uh, big clubs. I'm surprised we haven't done them yet, but we have not. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Again, we have shot. five questions. You have to get three correct in order to pass the quiz. All right. Okay. So far, you've only failed once. Bournemouth. Right. right? Wasn't mm. it Bournemouth? I like yeah, it was. Like bringing uh, it yes. up. Yes. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Which of these historical managers have never managed Man City? All right. These are all historical managers well-known in England. A, Peter Reed. B, Matt Busby, C, Alan Ball, or D, John Bond? All right. I'm going to go with Sir Matt Busby because he was the Man United manager for a long time. That's true, but he did play for Man City. Did you know oh, that? really? No, I didn't. Oh, there you go. It was in the 20s. So <laughs> you sure it was a while ago. <laughs> there's Just a good reason why you didn't know that one. Bit before my time. Yeah. Okay, so you're one for one. What was the last year Man City was relegated to the lower league? Was it 1997, 1999, 2001, or 2003? I think they, they struggled. I know it, it's been a categorical rise for them. I'm going to go with 2001. That is correct. Doggone it. All right. It's two for two. That okay. was a lucky guess. Um, <laughs> all right. This third one is uh, kind of a sad story, but uh, this is uh, all of the players that I'm about to talk to you about here, all of them died while playing soccer. Wow. One of them was a player from Man City. See if you okay. can tell me who they are. They're all international players. They're all big-time players. Okay. A, Antonio Puerta. B, Phil O'Donnell. C, Czech Teote, or D, Mark Vivian Foe? If I remember, and I know he played for a while, was Mark Vivian Foe for Man City. Doggone it, you did it again. That's true. <laughs> true. All of those guys did die. Uh, uh, Foe died while he was playing in the Confederation Cup yes. um, for uh, Cameroon, which uh, that was his... Mm-hmm. His nation. Uh, all the other guys did die as well, and all of them have died in the last, you know, twelve, thirteen years. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a sad thing. That's you know, there's kids when you when your body is telling you it's time to quit, it's time to quit yep. uh, on the soccer field. You know what I mean? All right. So that's uh, another passing grade for Adam. Sadly, all right. but now I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna get you a couple on these uh, last two, just uh, so you don't get a perfect score. All right. Man City's uniforms are famously sky blue. Yes. Yep. Yet they won three early titles: the 1969 FA Cup final, the 1970 League Cup final, and the 1970 European Cup Winners Cup final. Wearing stripes. Yep. What color were the stripes? Were they white and black, red and black, yellow and black, or green and black? Red and black. Dog got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember those games. I've watched a lot of FA Cup finals. <laughs> I thought that might be a little before your time. Uh, you know why they were red and black, by the way? Um, I don't know. I know they had... They had Maroon was a traditional color they used to do. If I remember, they had like a different color, but I don't know the reason. No, the reason is their manager at the time, Malcolm Allison, uh, loved yep. AC Milan, oh, and, really? and he wanted to uh, 
uh, emulate or mimic that team's success. So he switched them to red and black for a couple of years. Mm, Just okay. in the and big was, games. Yeah, that was the away kit. So they would wear that. So that was their away kit. Right. Yeah. So And they end up wearing them a lot for the FA Cup final. So it worked out well. Okay. So good. All right. Four for four. You're All killing, right. You're killing me here. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to get you on the celebrity. Which Every of the time. following celebrities is not a Man City supporter? Timothy Dalton, Mr. James Bond. Roger Moore, Mr. James Bond. Noel Gallagher, Oasis. Or Ian Curtis, the lead singer of the Joy Division. One of them Oof. is not a Man City supporter. All right. I know Noel Gallagher is. Right, that's I think easy. The, I, I think... Um, from Joy Division, he might be as well because that's that Manchester area strong music sound, as you probably know. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with one of the other two. I'm guessing Roger Moore. Oh, damn. Okay, five for five. He's done Whoa. it again. There you go. That's not fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything to report from uh, America? This week? Sure, a little bit. All right, let's play the audio. Hang on. In this country, we call it soccer, partner. All right, what's happening in this country? Yeah, so all kinds of stuff. Um, You know, it's certainly, uh, from a women's standpoint, you may have seen, they're going to start playing some games here, and then the men's national team, they'll be playing some games coming up. So U.S. women's team played this week. I did not get to see this game, but it was a little bit of a surprise. They ended up losing 3-1 to to France. I don't know if you saw that game or heard about it. But that's a... That's a kind of a, an ominous sign as we head into the World Cup. Yeah, I know that a lot of them were trying to downplay it. And they were obviously experimenting with players, but uh, um, it looked like the French team was pretty good. So and they're obviously hosting the World Cup this summer. So that's not necessarily a great sign, but I'm sure they'll, they'll figure things out. It'll be a, they'll have a good World Cup. So. And the French so women's they- team is always one of the best teams. Yeah, I think they're ranked third in the in the world, actually. So you got USA, Germany, and and France, and then a few of the other teams. I know a couple of other European teams are doing good. So so that was a big one. And I think the men's national team will be playing again here. They're in a training camp going on, so they're busy with uh, getting preparations ready for a game coming up, I believe, next week. Um, and then, you know, in terms of our office, we got things going on this weekend. We've got. Um, a uh, busy weekend in Rockford. We're actually hosting an ODP showcase with some of our teams. So we've got Missouri and Wisconsin coming down to play some of our uh, ODP teams. And then we're also hosting uh, the second state futsal cup, Illinois futsal cup. So that's going to be in Rockford too. So Rockford is going to be the center of the universe for soccer in Illinois this weekend. So uh, lots of things going on. Uh, I'm actually going to be down in southern Illinois in Collinsville teaching a D license to some of the candidates down there. So I'm excited to do that. So that'll be our first coaching course of, of 2019. So lots of things going on. Okay, sounds good. Uh, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Okay, this is the part of the show where Adam uh, tells us what uh, games we can't miss. I know there are no, uh, there's no Premier League games this weekend. That's right. So what we're going to do is kind of give you a preview of a couple of other ones. So this weekend is the FA Cup fourth round, um, and there's an absolute doozy of a game. How many Arsenal. rounds are there in the FA Cup? 
So um, that's a great question. So they go the sixth round is the quarterfinals, seventh so semifinals. So they end up playing about eight or nine rounds. Okay. But here's the funny thing is there's also qualifying rounds to get to the first round. So it's about, I would say, about 12 total rounds of games if you're in the lowest of the lowest division Okay. to get in. Uh, but this one's a good one. Arsenal versus Man United. That's going to be on Friday. Uh, wow, that's unusual to have a, a matchup like that this early, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the beauty of the FA Cup is because there's no seeding, anybody could play anybody. So they just put everybody into the hat and whoever plays whoever. In the, each week, each time the, the round goes, everybody's thrown in again and you could have a game like this in the fourth round. Yeah, so like Liverpool, we were talking before we went on the air, Liverpool's yeah. already out. Right, they got knocked out by Wolves. So yeah. anything can happen. And uh, and it's great because it gives those lower-level teams an opportunity to to maybe um, you know play a game that they may not have got, like Bristol City versus Bolton Wanderers in the yeah. fourth round. You know, One it. of those teams is going to go in the fifth round. You know, and, I and love that's it. The crazy, yeah, and that's, that's the nice thing. And Accrington Stanley's playing Derby. All these teams that you probably don't know too much about, but gives them a chance, and they get money each time they win a game. So that's their motivation. Uh, um, you know, fifty, a hundred thousand pound a game gives them a little bit of a motivation to do it as well as they host the game. So that'd be a good one. And where and then, where is that going to be? Or what uh, what what channel can we find that on? So that's the top thing. So you've got to do a little bit of searching. I believe ESPN Plus has all of those games, so that's that service you have to get. Yeah, I don't got to pay that five ninety nine. So I did it. I did it early in the year, so I've been able to catch some of these games. And they've also got the Carabao Cup on this next week as well. That's going to be another big game. That's got Tottenham versus Chelsea. That's the second uh, second round of the and of what, that game. And what cup is that again? Explain that so one. That's, yeah, so that's the League Cup. Um, so it's not the FA Cup. The League Cup is just the professional league teams are all in it, and they play each other. And their finals a little bit earlier in February. And then the FA Cup is could be non-league teams, AAA type teams. They're able to go into that into that tournament. So it's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, so that's a good big one this week. So you got those games, and then the following week is when they'll kind of catch up because they're not playing on Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They'll have uh, league games kind of playing catch-up because they missed on the Saturday. You've got Newcastle versus Man City, which should be a good one. Ooh, and yeah. then uh, Bournemouth versus Chelsea as well. So we'll see how Chelsea rebounds after that, So after Sari's comments. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, if you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. You can check out our day jobs. I'm the publisher of Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, and the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam is the technical director and director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. Uh, the executive producer of this podcast is Tony Lasano of Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you.
This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. From your mom's basement. My mother has been kind enough to allow us to do the show from her basement. Uh, every, any kind of hummel that you need is right here behind Yes, the, there's the, a the, shrunk. We call that a shrunk. And that's her backup shrunk. Come on by. I'll make a, I'll make a sandwich. And she did. I love the fact that she made you bagels and, and uh, locks. Yeah, and, and you got nothing. And Kate, she gave me squat. <laughs> she gave me squat. Oh, are those pickles on the top yes. of those? Yes, this is first class no, here. Is... It's not just sandwiches. Um, they're cut into tiny little triangles. Right, right. So they're like finger sandwiches. This could be afternoon tea. If Queen Elizabeth came in here, right. she'd be perfectly at home. Right. And and we could put her on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And we could show her a Hummel. <laughs> the, yeah. The second class Hummels. The, the bench, the Hummels that are on the bench. We'd bring the first class I, ones you down think here. So. Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com.